0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au Coming up today, Pastor Greg Laurie reveals why sometimes people are reluctant to accept Jesus' free gift of salvation. I think sometimes people feel, oh,
1: if I follow Jesus, I'm going to give up all of my dreams and just live this miserable life. That's the opposite of what is true. What did Jesus say? If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. God's plans for you are better than your plans for yourself. And you'll see how much he loves you as those plans unfold. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: things people can say about us is that we are followers of Jesus Christ. It means we're willing to follow his lead, we're active in our belief and we put feet to our faith. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to Revelation 14 where we learn about a group of exactly 144,000 followers of Jesus. It's a group recorded for time and eternity in Scripture. We'll see what makes them unique and learn to follow in their footsteps.
1: Revelation 14, starting in verse one. John writes, then I looked and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion. And with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps, and they sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth." These are ones who have not defiled themselves with women for the virgins. They are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. They've been redeemed from among men, being firstfruits to God and the lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, and they're without fault before the throne of God. So 144,000, remember them? We read about them earlier in the book of Revelation. And God had protected them in Revelation chapter seven. Wherever they went, God watched over them, and they're proclaiming the gospel. Who are the 144,000? They're Jewish people who have put their faith in Jesus as their Messiah. But now we see they're not on earth, they're in heaven. Notice it's not 143,999 that made it to heaven. No, all 144,000 make it to glory. Glory. And it reminds us of the statement of Jesus in John 18, 9, of those whom you have given me, I have not lost one. God doesn't lose his children. God never loses sight of you. He always has his eye on you because you belong to him. Now, here are four takeaway truths about the 144,000 that apply to you. Remember, these are, are mere mortals. They're not angelic beings. They're not superheroes. They're people who've been called by God. And these principles that are true of them can also be true of every follower of Jesus Christ. Number one, they have the mark of the Father in heaven, not the mark of the Antichrist. So all marks are not bad. Uh, Revelation 14:1, having his Father's name written on their foreheads. It's sort of like an ID tag. Other people won't see it, but the Lord sees it. And by the way, God has put his ID tag on you. What does that mean? It means you belong to the Lord. Do you find that comforting? I do. First Corinthians 6, 19 says, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your life. Number two, another thing about the 144,000. They sing a new song. I love this. They sing a new song. Do you have a new song in your life? Look at Revelation 14 again. And I heard the voice of loud thunder and sound of harpists playing their harps and they sang as it were a new song before the Lord. Now a harp is a beautiful instrument, is it not? So majestic and of course we think of it as heavenly uh, because we read of harps in heaven. But remember a harp is a stringed instrument. So we could just as easily say they played their electric guitars or the ukuleles or, or their mandolins or whatever it is. But these stringed instruments are being used to bring glory and honor to God. But listen to this. Every believer has a new song. Over in Psalm 40 verse 2, the psalmist writes, he lifted me out of a pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he has given me a new song to sing a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be astounded, and many will put their trust in the Lord. See, when you come to Jesus, you're given a new song. You have a story to tell because God has lifted you and me and all of us out of a pit of despair. I remember when I became a Christian at the age of 17, and I'd been raised listening to rock and roll. The first music I remember listening to was the Beatles, and the 60s was sort of a golden age of rock. I listened to the Beatles, and I listened to the Rolling Stones, and the Animals, and, and The Doors, and Jefferson Airplane, and Jimi Hendrix, and Bob Dylan, and the list goes on. So I loved all that music. Then I became a Christian. And I thought, well, I guess I have to give all that music up. From now on, it's kumbaya, 24 hours a day. (laughs) So I went to this church called Calvary Chapel, where the Jesus movement was literally happening before my eyes. I walked right into the middle of a spiritual awakening. And these new bands were forming. Uh, One of those bands was called Love Song. And one of their songs was called A New Song. Uh, and and I, I heard this song and this new music that was being created and it just washed over me in a beautiful way. We had our own music and actually I was watching contemporary Christian worship and contemporary Christian music in general also being born before my eyes. We had a new song and we have a new story. When's the last time you told someone your story or sang your song? Now I'm not suggesting you have to literally sing to people Jesus came into my life and he can come into yours too. No, not like that. But the idea is tell your story. When's the last time you told your story about what Christ has done for you to someone who doesn't know the Lord yet? It's a beautiful thing. Sharing your faith is life-giving. It actually replenishes you as you do so. Listen, when you draw people to Christ, you yourself will be drawn to Christ. When we make him known to others, we effectively know him better. I can think of times where I'm telling my story to someone and I'm remembering all that God has done for me and it it encourages me as I'm sharing it with them. These folks have a new song. Number three, the 144,000 are sincere in their faith. They're sincere in their faith. Look at Revelation 14:5, And in their mouth there was no deceit they're without fault before the throne of God. This word deceit it speaks of hypocrisy. Uh, there's no hypocrisy. There's no double standard. And sometimes people like to put on an act and appear to be something they are not. And the technical definition of hypocrite in the Bible is the same word that is used for actor. Actor an actor. So who is an actor? It's someone that plays a part. They learn the lines, they get their makeup on, they go to their spot, and they act. And that's what some people are doing. They're in the church, they've got the props, the Bible, they have the verbiage down, but they're actors, they're fakers, they're phonies, they're not real. I think sometimes we misunderstand what hypocrisy is. We might see a Christian lose their temper and scream, and you'll point an accusing finger at them and say, you hypocrite, and even the way you say it, it's like, you hypocrite. Just because a Christian loses their temper or does something else that's wrong like that, it doesn't mean they're a hypocrite. It might just mean they're human. I'm not excusing it. I'm saying we're gonna sin as Christians. The Bible says that we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But that's not hypocrisy. That's just messing up. That's just sinning. Hypocrisy is when I put on an act and appear to be pious when I'm not really even a follower of Jesus at all. Listen to this. Hypocrites are the ones who find faults in others but never themselves. Let me say that again. Hypocrites are the ones who find faults in others never themselves. So the hypocrites are often the most judgmental, critical people of all. The Apostle Paul feared being a hypocrite and being disqualified. And he spoke of it in 1 Corinthians 9.27 when he said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, when I preach to others, I myself would be disqualified.
0: We're listening to a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And he's leading our study on a new beginning today into Revelation, a book of promises. He's offering a couple of observations about the 144,000 spoken of in Revelation chapter 14. And we're learning how to follow their example. It's a message called, What is the Mark of the Beast? Let's continue.
1: One last point. The 144,000 follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Look at verse 4. They follow the Lamb. The Lamb. We should do that each and every day. We've all been called to follow the Lamb or follow Jesus. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever will seek to save his life will lose it. And if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. I think sometimes people feel, oh, if I follow Jesus, I'm gonna give up all my fun and all of my dreams and aspirations and just live this miserable life. That's the opposite of what is true. What did Jesus say? Deny yourself, take up your cross, yes, but then he said, but if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it, but listen, if you lose your life, you'll find it. What this means is I say, God, I want your will above my will. I want your plans over my plans and you'll come to discover God's plans for you are better than your plans for yourself and you'll see how much he loves you as those plans unfold. I think Jesus has a lot of followers that are like people that follow you on Twitter. I'm on social media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I don't get people on Twitter. It seems like Twitter is the platform for angry people with too much time on their hands. You know, they're just always attacking one another and you'll tweet something and people will, you know, will retweet it and they'll refute it and attack you. And one of my favorite things to do is block people on Twitter. <laughs> you have two choices. You can mute them or block them. If you mute them, you won't see what they're posting. If you block them, they can't copy your name in their tweet. But who are these people? These are not followers. Why are you following me if you disagree with me? And I think there are people like that that say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but they're always fighting with Him and rebelling against Him and disobeying Him. You're not a follower of Jesus, you see. But these people, the 144,000, they follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Listen, listen. Following Jesus is something we do each and every day. One day Jesus looked at a tax collector named Matthew. He didn't have any friends because he was a Jewish man who betrayed his fellow Jews and was working for Rome collecting taxes. Not only the taxes that Rome demanded, but probably a little on the top for his own benefit. And much to the surprise of Levi or Matthew, Jesus walked by his tax booth one day and made eye contact with him and said, follow me. Without a moment of hesitation, Matthew bolted up from that tax booth and became a follower of Jesus Christ. And that phrase follow means follow with me. So the idea is following Jesus is not something I do just on Sundays. He's not Sunday Jesus. He's Monday Jesus, Tuesday Jesus, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday Jesus. You follow him each and every day. And the phrase that Jesus uses to Matthew to follow him means follow with me. Or to put it another way, let's walk together. Walking with God. Not dragging God where I want God to go. But getting in sync with God. Uh, discovering the will of God, seeking to pray according to the will of God. And you can start doing that right now. And when you do, you'll find the life you're looking for. And listen to this. If you know Jesus now, he will know you then. If you say yes to Jesus now, he'll say, enter into my kingdom then. But if you say, I don't want Jesus now, then he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you then question. Who are you following? Antichrist or Jesus Christ? Emmanuel or Jezebel? God or Satan? You say, well, I'm not following Satan, but I'm not following Jesus. Okay. You're following the devil if you're not following Jesus. Listen to this. Jesus said, you're for me or against me. I told you I became a Christian when I was 17 years old. I lived this crazy life with my mother, I ended up getting into drugs myself for maybe a little over a year. I was drinking and partying and doing all these things I never wanted to do. And I was empty and I was searching. And I came upon this group of Christians on my high school campus who were having a Bible study and singing songs about the Lord. And I sat down close enough to sort of eavesdrop on their conversation, but not so close that my other friends, so-called, would think I'd joined up with the Jesus freaks And I watched them sing their songs. I saw the smiles on their faces. And I remember thinking, these poor, deluded people, look at them, they're nuts. But then I tried a new thought on for size, which was, what if they're right? What if they found the truth? And I thought, oh, no, that's not possible. I quickly dismissed it. And I returned to it. What if it's all true? And then a guy got up to speak. His name was Lonnie. I don't remember most of his message, but I remember one statement when he said, Jesus said, you're for me or you're against me. Now, I was not an atheist. Whenever I was in trouble, I called on Jesus. But this was the first time I heard that I was either for or against Jesus. And I looked at those Christians and I thought, well, I'm not one of them. Does that mean I'm against Christ? And that was the day I gave my life to Jesus. Let me close by saying this. You are for or against Jesus. This is an either or proposition. It's like when you get in an elevator. You're going up or down. You can't go sideways, right? You have to decide. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. He paid the price for every wrong thing you've ever done. And he rose again from the dead. And that same Jesus who died and lives is standing at the door of your life right now and he is knocking. And he's saying, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like to know that you will go to heaven when you die? Would you like to be ready for the Lord's return? Would you like your guilt taken away? It can happen for you right here, right now. He's just a prayer away. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And I'm gonna ask you that do not have Jesus in your life yet to pray this prayer with me. To pray this prayer with me. And it's a simple prayer where you're asking Jesus to come into your life as your Savior and your Lord. So if you want to go to heaven when you die, if you want to be ready for the Lord's return, if you want your guilt taken away, just stop what you're doing. And I want you to pray this prayer. You could even pray it out loud. Just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin. And now I turn from that sin. I repent of that sin. And I ask you to come into my life to be my Savior and Lord. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Greg Laurie closing with an important prayer with those who are choosing to follow the Lord today and if you're amongst them and have just prayed with Pastor Greg and you meant those words sincerely know that your sins have been forgiven. Scripture tells us that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and we'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey just ask for a new believers growth packet when you call us on one eight hundred. pray for me that's 1-800-772-936. And the team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-772-936. Well, next time, some more insights from the dramatic book of Revelation, a book of promises, right here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called What is the Mark of the Beast? If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 00 50 11, or go to visionstore.org.au Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au